Dude, how's it going? Going good. Going pretty good. Cool. Yeah. So I did went down a rabbit hole. Mm. We, we I know we talked recently about inflation, and um, I didn't realize how fact free I could be. Mm. I like, geez, Louise. So I'm not imagining that I've learned anything su- substantial, but like. Lo and behold, there is a whole body of knowledge out, out there behind inflation. I still think the premise of what we talked about may yet be true because the people that are in charge disagree on really some basic things still. But like there are at least multiple schools of thought about it. And like this is how you would approach it. And um, and also interesting how the politics could come into play to the extent that it is a science like I, and I, I'm not going to even remotely assert that I think it's a science. I don't. But mm. um, but there's a dude that I happened upon. Um, I just put like inflation into Pocket Cast. Yeah. Um, oh, that's and, an interesting move. Okay, and, that's funny. I never thought to search a podcast like for podcasts on a topic. I always Google it. And I got the inflation guy. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> right. Oh, I love that. So I just kind of was like thumbing through his episodes and just grabbed one of them and started to dive into it. And is it interviews he, or just him opining? Him opining. Okay. And he he was talking about um, some stuff that I totally didn't understand. Yeah. And but one of the it, it was like monetists <laughs> is a school of thought. Uh-huh. And then like okay, hit the pause button. You know, sitting sitting in front of the TV later that night. And put on YouTube, and I don't know what happened, but like I found my way to Milton Friedman, yeah, <laughs> who who was doing a, a a speech in front of a group of apparently there were every all the men had to wear brown in the seventies, and there was one woman in the Popular audience, color. as far as I could tell, mm-hmm. it also was, wearing a brown suit. Oh, it was so cringy, mm. and this is what your wives would think, and then everyone laughs, and then they pan over to the one woman. Who's like, I so, guess I need to be laughing now as well. Yeah, it's like the time I realized I was the only guy at the Ani DeFranco show. I'm like, oh, wow. Like, I'm the only guy in this whole row. This whole room. <laughs> All of a sudden, I was like, oh, I got to get out of here. Everyone's staring at me like you're interloper. But yeah. That's right. Anyway. <laughs> so he he could not have been clearer about what the problem is. And it's... And you know, we I think we talked a lot last time wait, about wait Milton Friedman or the inflation guy, Milton Friedman. Okay, who well, I he's think is a, yeah, I think he's the daddy of the of the the inflation guy. I'm pretty sure. Like I think he like his philosophy. I think is what the inflation guy has espousing. Okay, but the inflation guy even said, you know, there are other people that think different things. Like, yeah. he, uh, so he was at least kind of helpful there. But Friedman. Was basically saying, and this is a guy that's one like he's he's completely, uh, you know, what he's, he's got like Nobel Prize. Yeah, he's, he's I got, mean, he's like a gigantic thought, like thought leader of all time. Yeah, gigantic. And he's like which, Adam Smith I, level of fame in the area. Right, right. So he he's in front of this group and he's going, inflation is caused by government. Period. It's, that's there's nothing like like what you were talking about where somebody decided to raise a price. Then somebody else decides to raise a price. He's like, and then somebody, and I was saying, you know, well, somebody decides to pay the price, you know, but he, he's like, no, it, it is nothing at all to do with anything except for what the government does. And f- his next step was 
what the government does is they put too much money in circulation. And then he was like, I'd like to show you, let me show you this graph. And, and it was, it was in 1974. So it was like, if you can just picture like a, like a white, like a white panel board with like a, you know, a a graph on it and then like hand drawn lines. Yeah. (laughs) It's crazy. (laughs) It's like, nice graph that you made with your marker but it was like it was like trump like pointing to a hurricane and like with the sharpie like it just fe- didn't feel credible but it was high high-end technology at the time at the time yeah anyway long story short he gave example after example after example so i was like all right well what does it even mean like i could i could get it before when like you put you print money and it would go out into the marketplace but what what does that even mean now so Apparently, a lot of people think that the marketplace is too complicated to hold this theory anymore, even though apparently it all lines up still um, in terms of the money supply and inflation and, and so on. Mm. And he's like, what I was interesting to me, though, he was like, what happens is you dial it back and you have a recession, but like you need the recession to get better. So the, the they won't do it. And so you just string out your mm. recovery forever. Um, oh my God! All right, so so I'm generally an anti-Milton Friedman, but from like a classic fact-free standpoint, which is that I've heard like a single quote that I fundamentally disagree with. But it's not because I think he's wrong necessarily, because I think he's wrong. And the quote I'm thinking of is like, and I, I'm probably even getting this wrong, but I think it was Milton Friedman who said that the purpose of a corporation is to make a profit for shareholders, and and. And the, and the other economic stuff that you just brought up, which I've never looked into, like I know his name, he's like famous. I just know his name because it comes up. Like I don't, yeah. I've never researched the guy and, and I, I fundamentally disagree, but here's the reason why I think I fundamentally disagree with, with, with that quote, if I'm even getting it right. And the government causes inflation, which is that he's coming at it like an economist, <laughs> which is by definition or a macroeconomist, which is by definition operating at a group think level and not coming at it from a business person standpoint where none of that stuff matters. It's at best a sideshow to the reality of the day to day. So probably what probably this is kind of it's kind of like saying it's kind of like I'm a, a grunt in the Marines and I'm like the general doesn't know what he or she is talking about. They don't know what the hell they're talking about. It is absolutely not what they're saying. And the only difference that's going to happen is going to be on the front line. So I'm kind of like a front lines person, which isn't to say that the generals are useless at all, or that experts are useless, or that he's actually wrong, or that the things that he would say could produce positive outcomes. But my brain just doesn't work like that. Like Like to treat a society like a mathematical model and expect that you can produce predictable outcomes by manipulating that model. Like I don't live in that world. I don't know how, what world he's living in or lived in that thought that mathematical models would produce these outcomes, but come on. So what scares me is like, first of all, like we're beyond ignorance. So it's just, it's hard to even begin like the idea that we would be on, you know, a conversation just saying like, I just don't agree with this guy is it just feels like nonsense, you know, like we're like, yeah. we're, we're like we're Trumpers spiral- right now. We're yeah, Trumpers. We're, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But like, also there needs to be some thread to grab onto, to be able to, to, 
to argue with that because I mean that's where I was coming from last week. I was like, you know, there's no one behind. There's no one behind the curtain, like let alone an idiot behind the curtain. You know. <laughs> so what makes me a little bit, what's making me want to have more of an open mind about it, mm-hmm. just an open mind, and like, yeah. you know, for more looking into it, is that he apparently has a, a scientific approach to it. And with predictability mm-hmm. and a record, and 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 I'm like, okay, well then, if somebody then just solve the problem, if you can pull the string, right? And that's but the then, thing that you said that made sense, which is that they won't do it though, right? Yeah, so right. that that actually is the part that made me think, oh, okay, I could see but, that because but no- how awesome how awesome though is it to have a, a theory that like is it's totally right if the politicians just do it, you know, and then, yeah. then they don't. But in 400 years, you'll see I was right. You know, it's like, well, that's not a very risky thing to say. But, you're, but he was pointing was to other that, countries as well, you uh-huh. know. Oh, okay. But that, but the, the political will to execute on his advice, is, that's, a good, that's a great place to hide. It's, it's compelling. That actually, that was the first thing that you, that you shared of his that made me think like, oh, okay. Like if they would just try this, they would see that it worked. But he doesn't actually know that it works because no well, one will they, try it. So they have done it before, though. So like when when we came out of uh, um, I, again, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But like when the uh, inflation of the 70s, mm-hmm. apparently they did some made some changes to reduce the supply of. So I guess there's an issue of supply of money in the system. Which is like, I can't even begin to wrap my head around it because, okay, well, well, so what? Well, what if I don't spend the money? You know what I mean? It's just like all kinds of crazy stuff. And then the second thing was velocity. Like, how long is it circulating in the system? Mm -hmm. Which, again, how are you even measuring this? Like, if you're a general, what's your data? Because is your data model just... got to be super blurry. Is your data model just garbage? But anyway, they did the things and the we went into a recession and then we came out of it. And he took credit. So I think so. Right. I think so. Right. Which is probably where he became famous. No, he was famous way before that. Okay. So here's here's an here's an example from my personal experience where there was a period of time when I was consulting with big corporations and in the early days of the iPhone. Well, actually not that early, but but for them, for dinosaur companies, 2010, 11, that and I was like like a hundred percent positive that you know give you know they i would talk to them and they would say like here's our situation here's what we're trying to do and i was a hundred percent positive in my advice like just total like i am right now <laughs> like i always am like you need to do this and Frequently it will be pro- wrong never in doubt never in doubt and it will produce these outcomes that you want and then they'd be chicken shit and not do it and and so it like like every time Almost without exception, I can't actually think of an. I can't even think of an exception off the top of my head. But I'm sure somebody took my advice. But having so like that is like. It, but but we're talking about maybe six Fortune fifties, maybe six, maybe maybe ten, and most of them didn't do what I said. So it's it. I am I am completely insulated from any kind of consequences of being wrong because they didn't do what I suggested. So yeah. any bad thing that happened to them. I can be like, well, you didn't take my advice, dummy. There's there's just not enough evidence. I still think I was right, but I could have been wrong. 
it could have failed for some other reason, some unknown reason that they, you know, their mobile strategy shouldn't have been web first or whatever my big strategy was at the time. So, so if he, no, but you're saying that there was one, one case where they followed his advice and it went well, that could have just been luck. It's not exactly like a scientific data set of like, you know, like a a clinical trial of 10,000 people. It was like one time with one government, it worked. So it's but like say, it's but, like you just had a it's just like you released an album it was a hit so therefore you're a genius forever. But take take an assumption because I I have to take it at face value that mm. his his claim was uh, I can show you I can show you data from eight countries. Here are the policy changes. Mm-hmm. This is all consistent with the theory. The numbers to back it up are super complicated, but like that would be persuasive um, to me. That, that and would, then mm-hmm. and then you'd have like. Like, it would be interesting. I think he went to the University of Chicago and I wonder, like, to teach after, you know, all this. And and I just, I don't know. Were there papers? Are they peer-reviewed? You know what I mean? Like, mm. what do we not know about this? And then, like, what, again, like, what what are the political consequences? Because there was that, the inflation guy on, on the podcast, he also referenced that the, once you, once you, put too much money in the system and i'm like all right what would that what would that what even, that mean, even right mean right now right so the the examples that i was able to to come across which again could just be baloney is the stimulus checks uh another would be um uh like a, a tax cut uh would put a lot of money out into the system um stuff like that um but they're saying that the that one of the challenges now is the way they used to measure money doesn't work anymore and they need a new way to measure money yeah that's out in the system which is also like not surprising but also again there's nobody at the wheel you know or there's certainly like the wheel is is like slippery so okay so a couple things so if if there was i i am persuaded by data i'm persuaded by what i would consider to be proof i would i am persuaded by evidence i'm i'm persuaded by reliably predicting the future right and like this guy knows how to or this gal knows how to predict the future based on this model like this model like i i can be um when i was younger i was a lot more prone to thinking wow that sounds like a great idea it must be right uh, but, but a lot of times it's just like an oversimplification and it's it's actually, it just sounds great. It demos well, as we would say in the software business. Like that demos great, but it doesn't actually work to, I, to I produce think, the um, outcome you want. I think my one of my weaknesses that I have to guard against a lot is that I think I'm very, like for lack, there's a, probably a, a more common word for that. I, I think I suffer dramatically from tribal bias, like mm. whatever... Or I guess like who did you, who did you speak to last? You know, that recency bias. Uh, I'm yeah. Like, I'm, like I'm, yeah, like I'm. I think I'm unduly influenced by the last word that I heard. Um. So, but like I, I don't. I, it also makes me. The flip side of it is I'm. I think I am legitimately open minded, but it just makes it so I need to make sure that when important things are coming up, that I like try and really validate it like yeah like i try and involve other people in in um in providing input because i'm i maybe impressionable is the right word i'm not so sure but um yeah i'm not it's it's not like i become convinced and like now i'm an evangelist for a thing it's just like oh yeah that that makes sense that's Mm. kind of the latest thing so yeah well 
the the thing one of the things that occurred to me as you were just you're talking about the the Friedman brown suit speech <laughs> is that inflation might be by definition a government term for pl- price uh, for price fluctuation in a direction. So I don't think price fluctuation is is I don't think you need a government for prices to fluctuate. You, I know you don't. Like I, I'm positive you do not need a government for prices to fluctuate. Well, oh wait, okay, wait a second. Now we're but really, but we're I really think going down the unwrapping. But yeah, inflation here. might be different than pl- price changes. Agreed. But so he, what he might be saying is inflation. If you mean inflation the way that it is literally defined, it can't exist without a government. That could be true. It might just be part of the definition of the term, and that idiots like us. Or just thinking of it as price go up. Like, and I don't think you can get, like, could you get inflation in a barter system? You know, where there's no, there's no, uh, nothing centralized about it. Like, you're just I straight up I think you bartering. could. I think you could. And and where would it come from? It, yeah, you, I think you could. But so now here's the thing that's interesting is a trade, a trade. So if we take money out of it, if you just think of money as yet another scarce resource, like wampum or hamburgers, and you increase the supply of hamburgers, then in theory, at the macro level, it will cost you less for hamburgers because a bunch of people are going to have these hamburgers that are going bad and they're going to want to trade them for smaller and smaller things to get rid of them before they're worthless. So they're decreasing in value over time. It's the same with dollars. That's what That's the argument for a slight 2% inflation is that if they're constant, if there's no reason to sit on it, they're getting worth less. They're worth less over time. You can buy fewer things with them. So you might as well spend them. It's the point of a current. Well, it's an important feature of a currency. Did we talk about that last time that, that there's the fear of the deflation like that. Deflation is bad. That was something that I read about maybe, or that we talked about, but the, just the, Deflation is the opposite. They're happy to keep a two to try and keep a two percent again to the extent they there's a control that you can dial, mm-hmm. but be but to keep a two percent is uh like it can be lauded as a growing economy, whereas if you start to devalue, it's a spiral that could be devastating. So it's kind of like it's a it's risk mitigation. Like two percent inflation is not actually good, but the, in what but way? Because what outcome do you want? Well, I'd I'd like to not have to because well, this is another topic that that came up in all of the this is inflation is not a, a monolith and it it varies in sector and it varies in marketplace and it varies all over by, the place by product and by population. So different populations are ne- more negatively affected by inflation than mm. than others. Mm. So there's a lot of things that are divergent in terms of the impact of inflation, but so so if you were going to you'd have to look specifically at what's inflating at 2% and see who's getting hosed. I can tell you who's not getting hosed by it. <laughs> you know, I, I would assume that's just me being a, a you know flippant, but yeah. you know the the people with the hands at the at the uh, the lever are not getting screwed by a 2% inflation. Well, the crypto guys will but, say but that. But how how is inflation hitting higher ed? How is it hitting healthcare? How is it hitting, you know, housing costs? Things that you can't not pay for, you know. Mm. Well, it's very expensive to not pay for. So, like, pay with your life type expensive. And and those are not at two percent. Those are way no. over two percent. Yeah, way over. Right. So if you say inflation's at seven percent, it's like, yeah. Well, wait a second. It's thirty percent on housing, 
and it's and it's like you know one percent on i don't know coach bags <laughs> it's like well is it really a seven percent inflation so but that's not even that's not even where my head's at like like what i'm saying about like friedman is that like the term inflation might be inherently governmental that's one thing so in which case i would have to agree with him i don't know the actual definition of the term um, I looked into it a little bit after our last conversation too, and I immediately bounced off the Google search results because it was like, it was like, you've got to be kidding me. It was like, how do you even measure inflation? And instantly, I was like, this is BS, <laughs> right? right? Typical, typical like pro reaction. Um, but the other thing is the concept of trade. If 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 money is just another thing that you have to trade, like you could trade your car for something, you could trade services for something. You could trade, um, you know, whatever. You could trade gold for something. You could trade uh, your watch for something. You can trade stuff. Money is just another thing to trade. It's just very convenient and it's easily divisible. It's not easy to, to divide a cow or a watch. Like you got to trade the whole thing. So money's easily divisible, which is nice. Even gold's not that easily divisible. You can't just like peel off a $1 bill off or a $1 or one gold coin off a brick of gold. It's not that easily divisible. So money's convenient, but it's, I think in a sense, it's, it's just another scarce or like non-infinite good. I guess everything's non-infinite good or commodity. But so here's the thing. If we're talking about trade, there can be no trade without the concept of private property, because if you don't own something, you can't trade it. So you, it might be, he might have a really high level theoretical point that I would agree with, which is that you can't have trade without a government because you can't have private property without a government and without a, and, and therefore inflation is purely a government thing because there's people with guns who enforce the laws that allow you to say that you own this car. Right. So if, if all of a sudden there's no such thing as private property, there can be no trade, which is mental like that, like that concept. So it could be that he has a point, but it's so abstract that it's hard for someone like me who's way down at the stupid business entrepreneur merchant level to even comprehend the impact of that. But it does make sense that without I don't follow like like I. I get the, the, I don't think I follow it. I mean, the, so the, I, as an, as the, I'm impressionable. And like, now what I want to figure out is like, if, if I start to think of money as less of a like ghostly thing, because mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's like, okay, well, you know, you've got numbers in accounts and it's not paper money that's flying around. It's what, I don't even know what it is at this point and who can even track it. But if it's true that like money is a thing, it is a finite object in uh, it's a finite piece of the puzzle. And there's an entity that is more than willing and able to increase how big that piece of the puzzle is. Yeah. I'd like that. So what is the impact of that? You know, like that's interesting. I don't know. Like, right. That's that to me is compelling. And like, if you had, and, and just for the, purposes of our discussion like we don't have any we don't have any government that's all the governments are the same 99 like for for the purposes of any useful discussion they're all the same we all have the governments we all have the monopoly on force 
uh, we don't have an anarchist society. We don't have, you know, a, you know, that this is this is what we have everywhere. There is a government that has the, you know, the controls, and we have the private industry. We have the even if you had a, like a socialist situation, like in what the, what they tried to do in Soviet Russia before the fall, like you mm-hmm. still have people that are paying for things. I don't know, like it, it that. I don't think owner ownership may not have may may not be required. Although Milton Friedman apparently is like a super, you know, free um, free market capitalist. So mm-hmm. I think he, he probably you guys would probably be very aligned there. But like at the end of the day, like I'm what I'm really intrigued by is this idea of like the say it was just paper money, mm. and there was a, a hundred million dollars in circulation. And there's you got milk on the shelf at a certain price, right? Like, what does it mean all of a sudden if you have a hundred million bills in circulation? Yeah, and what and all the things that happen with that, like, so it goes into circulation. How? Let's just imagine the how doesn't matter, but everybody <laughs> now has ten times the amount of money they had yesterday. Right. Like the supply went up. Right. So the, the thing about money, the supply of money went up. Yeah. So the, the milk thing is, is still on the shelf. Right. So, and no one actually cares about the money. They care about the milk. So, except for but people. But now I'm willing to pay more? Is that it? I'm willing, because I have more money? Is that the idea? It is. It, it, yeah, totally is. So, so access to cheap capital is You've like, devalued money. And so you need to, you've devalued the, the individual unit of money. Right. And therefore you need to spend more of it to get the same good. Is that what we're getting yes, to? Right. So if you had, if you had $10. Or like, well, how much? How much is a? How much is like? Um, well, let's just say a, a, a hundred dollar thing, a pair of Nikes. Well, that's a stupid example. I don't know what what would cost. Yeah, because Nikes are too narrow. Nobody buys them anyway. Yeah, they're just totally. So what what would be something that would have been available a hundred years ago? Just to try and like make this make this an actual good example. What would have been available? <laughs> just a, a the pair of seven jeans. things that ran through my head that were completely inappropriate <laughs> and and also not real. I just, just I say, say a pair of jeans. I need medication. Okay, yeah, <laughs> say a pair of jeans. Okay, if a pair of jeans now cost a pair of Levi's now, I don't know what do they cost? Forty bucks? No idea. No, let's say it's forty bucks. I, I am a dad. I'm getting New Balance and khakis, and I can tell you how much khakis cost. <laughs> <laughs> so if you had that same forty dollar pair of Levi's, would have cost. Okay, get ready. See if I can do this. Would have cost $2 100 years ago. The same same exact pair of jeans would have cost $2 100 years ago. They've gone up 20 times. And the way that we talk about it, at least in English, is that the jeans got more expensive. But the jeans are still the jeans. The dollar got 20 times less. It lost 20, 20 times its buying power. That's So I, I thought I was going to have to like tease you for like telling me okay the the jeans are 20 times less expensive everybody's making 20 times less money but like no i mean it is right it's just the the dollar devalued that yes. and that was the the cost of living inflation over time but right. the, and but then the challenge is the dollar devalues if everything devalued the same it wouldn't matter what do you mean if everything devalued the same if literally everything that you can buy and everything you can earn, like if if it was all the same, like the again, I appreciate your point about the jeans are whatever they are. Still the jeans, right? 
but like the the way all of the cost that goes into making them and distributing them and all that and all of the earnings that that anyone gets if those all change the same like in our cartoonish example jeans are 20 20 times less expensive but i was earning 20 times less is where you would go with it right not exactly but yeah but like if everything devalued if it was all just going up proportionally you would only be carrying from decade to decade the the challenges of a hundred years ago in terms of affordability. You'd, yeah, you would just be it would just be adding a decimal point. It would meet, be meaningless. Exactly, but like, but so that's I guess not the, what I'm the, saying. Yeah, but this is what I'm saying. So, so the <laughs> but look the genes in what was a hundred years ago, 1920. It was I think it was 1845. The genes served the same purpose. Purpose. They had the same utility. Never mind cost to create them and all of that. Yeah. They had the same utility to the owner. The thing that changed is that money was worth 20 times less. Yeah. So if you think- No, of, money was worth 20 times more. Because with, with sorry, 20 you're cents- right, you're right. It's worth yeah, 20 yeah. times less now. You're right. Thank you. So, but that, but, and, and, but the point you brought up is a good one, which is that this stuff doesn't increase in lockstep. It's in fits and starts in different communities and different kinds of money. Liquid like, and that's versus- the thing. Like people are like, oh, you know, when I was growing up, the you know the the classic boomer gripe that millennials hate yeah. is like, oh, I was able to, or, or dad even, like yeah, gas was um, twenty five cents a gallon. Well, remember when we were getting ready to go to college, right? So Kate had to. <laughs> at least this is the family lore, right? Is that he? I guess he got a job and paid his way through college. Yeah, and he thought coming into it without any reflection or like research that yeah. that's the way it would work. Yes. And Kate was like, you, you that doesn't work this way anymore. It's literally like, it's not maybe impossible, but it, it's unduly onerous to make somebody work the way the same way. It, it, you can't do it. Yeah, the, dollar, the, right. the dollar has been devalued with higher education to the point where you can no longer do that. So, or, but they both move. They both move though. But hang on. But like yeah. dollar, do you, so that's, that's what the issue is. Is like if you were to look at a point in time like, uh, you know, 1922, or if you were to look at 1952, what did the dollar get you for the things that are important to your quality That's of life? That's the way to think about it. Yes. And then, and then you, my assumption going in is like, oh my God, like, like I would just want to like completely like turn it into a dragon and just be like, you, like we've been raped. You know, we've all been raped. <laughs> you know, I don't know why a dragon would ever get raped, but like, <laughs> Like, I don't know, maybe it needs a safe word, but like, if, you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's the problem. Like, if, if there was ever a time when the dollar was valuable enough to buy quality of life to the point where we're being ground down to the nub now, yeah, that's, that's the problem. So like, I've been griping about, um, the wealth gap and the shift in wealth to a, a smaller piece of the population, mm. but Really, the gripe is, I just wish the dollar was enough to buy peace of mind. Like, yeah. like I fantasize it used to be, but I don't know if it did. It used to be. Uh, I can't say from my own experience, but that is my impression that there was a more that there was you know. But it is that is really just from me from like media that there was a stronger middle class than there is now, which I think leads to a lot of s- stability in society. But is that a proxy for what we're saying? A stronger middle class means that the dollar was able to buy a peace of mind? 
it more, see, more me, effectively? Uh, there's so many moving parts here. It's like, it's like, I, I think the, the, the big revelation for me, and this is from crypto and I'm not a crypto guy, but like studying that space is very interesting because they, the, the, I think they're very aligned. The Bitcoiners, they're all the crypto people are different. Each tribe is a different, there's like Ponzi scheme ones and there's like geek ones and there's like, but the Bitcoiners are like the digital gold people and they're holders and they're like, they, it's an investment. So like if you have like Bitcoin sells a really interesting problem. If you have a hundred million dollars in profit from your, from your corporation, you can't just, you can just have it sit there and pay taxes on it or whatever. Like you want to do something with it. You, know, you can, it can just sit there, but if it's losing 2% a year. So you want to put it in a savings account of some kind to generate interest. So it's not just getting smaller, like a melting ice cube. Yeah. And even so, savings accounts at 2% are a loss. Right. Because they're not even at 2%. Like yeah. savings accounts are lower than the inflation. You have, to be, you have to be in the market. If you want your money to sit, you have to be, I think you have to be in the market with to have any hope. And there's obviously all the risk that goes with it. You have to be in the market. Or you just, you just, you just, you're risk averse and you're like, I'm fine with the ice cube slowly melting. It's fine. Which again is, is like, let's, Jesus Christ. I mean. But wait, wait, wait. I mean, just, Let me just finish this point. The okay. point is, the point is. A lot of people think of the dollar or the currency as some kind of absolute or static because it, it's still one dollar. It's still called one dollar, but it's just an abstract concept. You could erase that ink and put a hundred dollar bill ink on it. And all of a sudden that one dollar bill is a hundred dollar bills. So it's just as uh, it's just as vulnerable to desire or supply and demand as anything else. It's not the ruler. So like if you, like imagine a ruler, like a, not a king, but like a 12 inch ruler that's stretchy. So we use dollars to measure tons of things, but the ruler is stretchy. And that's the, that's the thing that blew my mind is that we're measuring shit with a stretchy ruler when it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. It's all relative. Everything's relative. You, everybody, there's a type of mentality, and I used to be this way. I still am this way from a desire standpoint, but I recognize that it's a fool's errand. I always want some kind of objective truth. There isn't one. And a lot of people treat dollars as an objective truth, and they think everybody, everything else is moving in relation to the dollar. Like jeans are getting more expensive. No, they're not. The dollar's getting smaller. It's like which thing is changing, and but the, the the reality is, I think both things are changing. Well, it, so not to, is it more complicated than that though? Is is it? You, I don't even think you can say the dollar is getting smaller. Period. Like it's not. Again, it's not a monolith. The dollar is getting no, smaller. I agree. I agree. I was oversimplifying. In, in certain places, which is like, who can track that? So, yeah. It, How it, do you it, even measure it? Like, right. Yeah. I think it's there's just a mass. I totally agree that I'm oversimplifying it, but the point is that the the measurement it's used as if it's this objective abstract measurement or yeah right, but it's not. It's it's just as squishy as anything else. So they're both moving. The price of jeans and the price of a dollar are both moving, or the buying power of a dollar. What a dollar is worth to someone and what jeans are worth to someone is changing. Like like let's say a certain amount of dollars it would cost a certain amount of dollars to buy a diamond ring, and then. And over time, uh, inflation, inflation, inflation. So it's going to take more and more dollars to buy that diamond ring. And then one day, 
it's proven that diamonds, like like extended exposure to diamonds causes cancer. Now all of a sudden, the value of the diamond has collapsed, probably for most people. So now it takes fewer dollars to buy them. So like the value of a diamond to a person is in flux, but the, the value of a dollar to people is in flux. So it's like everybody can agree that a dollar, like, like if you give me a dollar or Erica gives me a dollar or Cooper gives me a dollar, all the dollars are the same to me. But what the dollar's worth to me is different than it's worth to those other people. It's just as squishy. It's it, like everything is squishy. I want something to be like a rock solid foundation, but nothing is. So when you hear these clowns come along, you know, I shouldn't say clowns, but when you hear these people come along, be like, I've got it figured out. Inflation is from governments. And if you do this, inflation will go away. It's like, dude, that's like, that's like seeing a bunch of bubbles floating around and being like, if I wave my hands like this, they'll go in this direction. It's like, okay, good luck. Might work. As I, it just makes me think more and more about how, um, uh, just just how unex- inaccessible this is broadly you know and how just in a very practical way how many people are not in the market how many people are you know living mm. paycheck to paycheck right. or at best have some savings mm-hmm. um and like in the pie chart of their of their debt or their income or 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 yeah, whatever their financial reality how much of it is in this place where you know, you even have a hope of staying ahead of the of the curve at all. It's just such an uneven playing field, and there's no financial literacy, even for basic things, let alone this this piece of it. But mm. and and like what what game what games are are being played? Like, I I think the idea that money is not fixed, like you're saying, like I have a dollar, my dollar is worth x and therefore it should be able to get me y (laughs) is not gonna get me anywhere like i have to be able to get beyond that and say you know i i have to acknowledge that the value of my dollar the ability of my dollar to to get me things is is um is is not fixed you know over the course of a decade it it won't change super dramatically but you know over the course of a decade it, it can I could lose a quarter 20%. of the value. Yeah. Yeah. 20, 25%. Yeah. Right. If you put uh, you $100 know. under your mattress and waited 50 years, it would only buy you $50 worth of stuff. Yeah. And and with, with the way things. So, but, you know, people's ability to address that fact are is just so dramatically uneven across mm-hmm. the, the spectrum. Yeah, it's, I agree. It's crazy. It's shocking and, and, to me that financial literacy. Well, I shouldn't be shocked. It feels like. One of it feels like a plan. It feels like let's like, not let's like let's not have let's financial not literacy. Put financial right. literacy in the education system. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. We want them to believe this fantasy. It's a fantasy. It's a it's a collective agreement that ten dollars is worth two Starbucks coffees. Well, that, well that, a, and that that's you know what, what did I quote that lovely protester um, from the um, Scandinavian countries like you know the eternal the fantasy of eternal um a fantasy of eternal growth or whatever it is that she said like i think that mm. that is what it is like my dollar is always going to be worth more and more and more we're always going to make more and more the pie is going to constantly get bigger we'll always be able to it, it will just keep increasing and that's okay you know it's well, so uh, the value it's not okay oh man there's like three things in that so so i think it's i 
kind of agree with the idea that you want your currency to slowly lose value over time so people don't sit on it like it's a savings account because then it's taken out of circulation and it's it's like gold or it's like bitcoin where where people will will buy it when it's low and they'll never Oh, you just use became it. a government by the way. You just became a government to redistribute wealth into the marketplace to fund private interest. Wait, what? You just you just became a, a taxing authority to benefit companies. Like you you would you would have policy in place. Wait, wait, I earned wait, wait. I What's I earned the 10, connection? I earned $10. Uh-huh. I want to put it in my mattress and I want it to buy me $10. The same $10 of stuff I can get today, I want $10 worth of the same stuff in 20 years. But you're saying I want to create monetary policy so that I won't sit stick it in a mattress. I, I want people to lose money over time so they'll put it out in the marketplace yeah, so, it'll circulate. so that people can invest. Well, screw circulation. No, not- like, I, I, I'm not – I'm not, but I'm, it's just interesting to me because – like that is whoa, whoa, whoa. yeah go ahead no, okay, sorry 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 no no it's it's very much like because remember you're 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 making a, a choice you're making a policy decision you're making a governmental uh like a, a governmental decision to say you earn 10 bucks i want it to be less valuable to you over time yes that you earned it so you trade it it's yours yeah but it's worthless on its own it's you can't not worthless. It. it's worth it's worth what i it it if you didn't it's a, have a policy that devalued it over time, like it, you, look, the thing that I'm keying in on is that you said the the policy to devalue it is desirable. Like, I can see if, if if it's important that currency circulates, and I think it is, then it well, needs to devalue, or you will just sit on it. My intuition about that is that that is what sends us down a path of consumption. Could be. Now it may also send us down a path of innovation or trade, but to, but to whose benefit? Right. Like, because, well, when you said it, it made me think if, if you don't, if you have people sitting on money and the value remains static, then people aren't looking to put money into, well, it's not, well, into incre- companies. Right. Like that now, now you're defunding private interest because now I'm I don't have that. as I'm like, for that. What did we say 10 minutes ago? Like you're the only game in town is the stock market. If you mm-hmm. don't want to lose money over time. Not true. Absolutely not true. Totally disagree. All right. So the second game in town is creating value and selling it. Yes, yeah, yeah. exactly. Fair enough. But that's not going to happen for everybody. So it, another option would be don't devalue what I've earned through your policies. Let me keep my money. Let me sit on it. Then I don't have to because like I'm circulating. It's not like you don't have options. You can well, put I it know, in but gold like, you, you, or bonds. I, will not learn, I won't earn as much. You'll earn. When, Policy. Remember the like. The, there's two components here. Like I don't think we'll argue about. One mm-hmm. is that the market is the is from a policy perspective for the benefit of the most people, the least amount of risk. That's where you put your money to not lose money over time. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's you can't. It's not. It can't be a policy that everybody's an entrepreneur, right? But the policy is mm-hmm. we're gonna have a marketplace where you get your five or six percent year over year. That's that's what you have to do unless you're a moron or you can't do it. Then the second thing that we're going to say to people is we're going to make sure that the money you earn devalues over time and you're going to have to put the mark. You're going to have to feed the market. You're going to, and now the entrepreneur. Yeah. Like that. That's you're, what you said. No. Well, yes, but I don't think the only option is the market. That's, that's where we disagree. Cause I think that's bullshit too. But it's the only, it's it, at an individual level. I agree with you. Like I could just, I could build a better mousetrap and, mm-hmm. and earn way more value than 5%. Right. Mm-hmm. But from a policy perspective, just take it, just take 
two two assumptions for the thought experiment. One, mm -hmm. the market is the most broad-based way to avoid losing money over time. What do you mean the market? Stock the market? Investing in the, investing in the market. Wall Street. So, well, I don't know. Like, I'm not saying you have to invest in, a, in an individual Like a public individual company. Company, but like you have to be... You have to be out, you know, what's your mix, your bonds, your treasuries, your mutual funds, your, you have your low risk investments, your high risk, aggressive investments, okay, I, whatever I your portfolio is. Your point. You're start, what you're saying is the government is push because the dollar itself is not a good, it's a battery that loses power over time. Like a battery is worthless unless you use it. I'm just keying in on your thought experiment that my thought, yes, but, but which I, was that, that you, what you. What I'm keying in on it, which I, I don't mean to go so crazy no, no, about it, but it. like, no, no, go for it. But it was that the idea that you want money in circulation. I think and, that's true, but I and could be who wrong benefits that. from that the most? Like the people, like, I think. Do they? Because well, now, I get, the now I get like a pencil stop. with like I get a pencil with the fuzzy head and the googly eyes. Mm -hmm. But maybe I didn't want to be buying that, like, or or maybe I didn't want to be consumption and circulation is two different things. Well. I'm not saying like needlessly consuming things. I'm just saying like when you when money goes out into the private uh, to, uh, as a private when money when we put I don't know how many billions of dollars come out of Rhode Island and go into the market it feeds all kinds of private sector interests that accrue wait, 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 to, wait, wait, wait. to many people's What benefits. do you mean by the market though? Because it's not private sector if it's the market it is. if you mean It is. I'm saying that like public the, I'm just companies? saying like yeah, uh, I guess what I'm saying is, if if the premise is we want money to circulate because I it's being, and we want money to circulate because uh, so so it's good for it to be devalued if I sit on it. That's what I'm taking issue with. Like why? No. Like let's explore what the world would be like if I could sit on it. If money and didn't who benefits from it? Not. And who benefits from me not sitting on it? You know what I mean? Like I have to put huge yeah. chunks no, of money in the market right now. Like I don't. It's not like I have access to you my four hundred one k. You keep saying the market though. Yeah. You mean the stock market? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I don't mean it specifically like a stock. But I mean like mutual funds and investments. Yeah, but that's all. Yeah. It's investments. Like aggregate. Yeah, yeah. Well, but investments is not the stock market. So because I, I think it's a, f a fundamental difference. I think it's an important difference. But maybe this is just a. Well, let's, but so take it up, take it up a, a notch away from the, the those specifics, because if the if the starting premise is like, I want money to be devalued because I want you to put it out someplace, it's going out of my account into somebody else's. Now there may mm -hmm. be a promise that I'm going to earn on that, but it's not in my possession anymore to you use. You took a risk, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And but the but the motivation for the risk is policy that is driving the devaluation of, of my of the money that i've earned okay no i, I think i've seen your point I, I, so maybe and if it's true and i've never thought about this but it was always an assumption to me that circulation is a is a useful feature of a currency in an economy like, like what if the stock market tomorrow everyone said if you you know if you sit on your money you're going to earn 10 percent. the right. stock market everyone would pull their money out and then what would happen to all those companies? Like that's it I guess what the point that that right that's the point that I was making is like there's there's a policy is driving that circulation. You're just but you're assuming it's circulating into this one specific place. That's true. 
I'm not I'm talking also about. I'm also spending it, but like yeah, the, spend, the vast but the spending, majority of it is you're spending it. But the spending, what does the spending of it do? Like the spending of it doesn't matter. Like whether my money is being devalued or or whether it's not being devalued, like I still have to spend my money on stuff. Like, th- like take that as a given. But where I have discretionary, like I'm, I would, I, and by the way, I would love to put it in circulation with it losing less, right? So, like if you if you looked at anybody earning less than forty thousand dollars, they're probably spending spending their money on only things that they could they have to spend it on you know what i mean like all right so fine it's a cell phone i can see you rolling your eyes but like you know what i mean like that, that's They're not way, like yeah we you know, talked you know about what this i'm gonna before. do i'm gonna try i'm gonna try, it's not like they're at the bottom of the of pyramid luxury, they're at the right? bottom of the pyramid the, so the, the like, hierarchy of needs at that point mm-hmm. when i'm spending my money over time to your point you're they're getting the most value out of it yeah, because they're getting more utility out of it but there's no choice there like that money is going to circulation Little because choice. they have to live right so so Yes, and at the extremes, I think somebody who's 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 taking ninety or more percent of their money and putting it into the market or whatever, like somebody with five hundred million dollars on their books, and it's like we need to do something with this, or it's just going to melt. That's which I've I've heard I've had people say that to me. Of 100%. course, percent. Yeah, I'm totally. losing money. What am I going to do with this? I have I have to do something with it, or it's just going to evaporate. And I guess all I'm saying is you you really got me fired up because it's. It's my favorite. It does, it's it's really fact free and theoretical because the bottom line is we're it's we're going to have cost of living increases infl- slash inflation. Nothing's going to change that. But I just want to note that that's policy. So flip it around, or, like, or maybe well, you say it's not policy. I don't know, but like it no, seems no, like no. It's I policy. think it's definitely policy. Yeah, yeah. So the the thing that I have not explored intellectually before is is do we need circulation for a currency to be viable and i my gut instinct is that we do because if we don't then the value of it would fluctuate much more wildly which i feel is a dangerous that feels dangerous let's put this let's put the circulation into three categories because three three is the magic number Mm -hmm. so the first (laughs) category is um my life depends on it i'm I'm going to, I have to spend this money. I'm going to earn it. It's going back into circulation. Mm-hmm. Consumerism. It's how much? Well, let's just say it's the necessities for, for sake of argument. Like yeah. it is, I am not sitting on it. I have no choice. No, I'm getting food, food, shelter, water, yeah, medical that stuff. And then the other end of the spectrum is I do not need to spend this at all. I don't even, I don't even, you know, I'm going to put it at risk. I'm going to yeah, gamble like, it. I can, I could. I would love to not give this money to somebody else, but I'm now I'm losing five percent a year. Six, I think we're at seven percent inflation right now. Is that right? Only you're losing you, seven. You're freaking losing seven percent if you have it in your mattress. And then there's the middle area where it's like, oh, I, you know, I took that vacation. I maybe didn't need to. Would I have done that? You know, like maybe it's smart to vacation in, in a scenario where you're looking at seven percent inflation. It does. It does. Okay, so th- there is an argument there now. Like now that I'm like exploring it a little bit, there is an argument that it would have a negative impact on the level of consumerism if money just automatically was had in- buying power increased over time. It-, it was its own savings account in the way that a savings account is supposed to work. That that would 
if we think about on the on the Milton Friedman it, it, level of yeah, it, it's ironic. Quick aside, it's ironic that they call it inflation because it's it's devaluing the the money devalues in inflation. We, yeah, as we, as I agree. We so it's the like rulers it's, longer. So did we just? Is it like an emperor no clothes thing? Like is the is the, they're like saying you know don't don't cross the streams, don't walk into the light. No, you cross because the streams, people you do. cross the streams, but like you cross the streams and money increases in value. Oh my god! So. It's, but it's but it's it's not it's not like a complete lie. It's it's just that because everything fluctuates in value all the time because value is based on desire and availability of options. So if if you want something wicked bad and you have no options, no other options, then the price you're willing to pay is going to be determined by your buying power, how much money you have. That's the price you're willing to pay. It might not be available at that price, but that's the price you're willing to pay. And those things are in constant flux. All A price is 100% an emotional, it's a feeling. So 100%. There's no, and the concept of somebody like Milton Friedman talking about it as if it's this abstract mathematical concept makes me laugh. No, I, I think what he's saying is is like the air that what you just talked about breathes. So like there's an environment in which people are making those decisions and having those feelings. Yeah. And the, in, in a world where I'm mindlessly agreeing with him, like enough money has been pumped into that environment. I'm in that environment. Maybe I'm a recipient of that money. Maybe I'm not, but mm. a lot of people are. And the, 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 the presence of that increase of dollars in the system has devalued dollars enough that, Prices are going up. Yeah, the now, supply went up too fast. I may not have gotten well, not the supply of goods, the supply no, the of supply, money. Yeah, I meant, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. So, but like as an individual, that might have had nothing to do with me. I might not have gotten that money. Of course, right? Yeah. No, it's all about it's all about large institutional investors having access to cheap capital. So, like, so I think there's there's two things at play. Like you have, I think you have those supply and demand forces that are happening at you know the liquor store, and you've got. Then you've got these other forces at play where you've got, you know, hundreds of millions of people that have access to a lot more money, therefore devalue, according to their theory, devaluing the, the funds is like mm. two levels. Yeah. Well, the takeaway for me here is that it, it's something that I, it's like I wanted to kind of do a thought experiment about like, like what if money was just was had increased buying power every day. Right. But, but it's, but the cost of living went down. But that wouldn't happen. So, <laughs> I know, but why not? Because the, because what you're saying it's it's all a feeling anyway, right? Right. So what would happen is why wouldn't it happen? That's the interesting question. So like if 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 you sat on ten dollars and tomorrow it was twelve dollars, so you're gonna wait, you're gonna wait, you're gonna wait until you're just gonna sit there and do nothing, play video games, not leave your house, not buy anything, not participate in the economy. You're just going to sit there until that $10 is worth $50 and then you're going to buy a Steam gift card, right? Like, is that good? Well, again, I think that comes back to the three buckets. Like, how is the money? What do I owe anybody else? Number one. Let's say, know, let's say instead of, let's say instead of Steam gift card, I said food. So let's say. Right, right. But like, but 
I'm going to wait because it's not enough to buy the thing I want. So I'm not going to eat today. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like if you're saying if, if you're guaranteed to sit on it, 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 it will increase. Right. And what oh. would stop the food from getting more expensive? Nothing. Well, it would Nothing have to get would stop it, the food. It would have to get less expensive for the for this to even make any sense. Right. But the but sellers can still raise their prices. Well, I know, but like we're trying to do the thought experiment, right? And I think mm, okay. part of the problem with the thought experiment is that it, it will hit zero. Which part? The prices will hit would hit zero. In, no, they in, won't. In a, no, I'm, they never they, would. They, well, in reality, they wouldn't. But if you are, well, if, if your dollars about became a, infinitely, the right. buying power became infinite. Yeah, right. Well, then we wouldn't need UBI and everybody living in utopia. But guess what? We'd screw that up. Guess how? Because the prices would just go up because the supply of dollars would become, let's say the supply of dollars was static, right? It was static, just like Bitcoin is supposedly static, which I I mean, I I think it's fair to say the Bitcoin supply is static. I just feel like I just imagine like Milton Friedman's ghost listening in on this conversation and just killing himself again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's (laughs) he's totally rolling and spinning. I can't die enough listening to these two clowns. Right, right. I'm just going to like. But it's like it's a a recession, right? It's like that's like where that is a solution apparently to inflation that I, again, don't don't understand. You're right, though. There's a policy thing happening here, which is. Perhaps not based on some evil plan of not letting the economy collapse. Like it would be bad. You know, like I understand that like bailing out the airline industries makes sense in one way, but I still would have rather seen what happened if they just let them collapse. Well, I I think not the banks. I wouldn't have been interested to see what happened if the banks collapsed. I think some of it comes back to do you want to eat your vegetables and nobody wants to eat their vegetables. So you never get to find out. But it is an inter. I, yeah, I think that's the fundamental. I think that's the fundamental thing is people want to like maximize their laziness. Like, yeah, I mean, like, not that they a- would do nothing, but but minimum decrease their productivity. So, like, do you, if you, I feel like there's some connection, and I do. I think you're right. It's a policy level, and it's like a, a worldview that circulation, an economy, is a good thing to have, and a circulating currency, like a. a gl- a non-circulating currency is a bad thing to have because it takes away this like itch, this little itch at the everyday person who needs to buy Pampers. It takes away this little itch that that causes them to go out and use that money before it disappears. And it's but, just subtle. It's not. But I don't think I don't think that's I don't think that drives people at all. I don't think anybody is motivated by that. I think what people are, people are motivated by, I don't think anybody's sitting here thinking like that my purchasing power is decreasing over steadily over time. No, they think Pampers cost twice as much. Right. But they don't think that like, they don't, I don't think that anybody is imagining like they, I don't think it's a behavior changer. I think everybody understands that healthcare uh, housing and education are all going up and, but nobody is going to be like, I'm going to have a kid earlier. So Mm. it'll cost less because they're like, I'll also be earning more. And then, and then on the smaller things, people don't have a lot of choices again in the first bucket, like stuff that you just have to spend on. And I just, it's hard for me to imagine somebody thinking to themselves, you know what, I'm going to take that vacation now because my dollars can be worth, you know, 3% less in four years. But they will, 
but people do make purchases when they think the price is good right now. So like if we go back to the when the go, price is good, but like but it's the it's, same it's almost, thing. They just it's almost like anecdote versus the the like inflation's happening. It's the area. It's the water you're swimming in as a fish. Yes. But like the cost of getting that food as a fish, you know, may is a much smaller uh, transaction. So I think, yeah, I, like I agree with what you're saying is that it doesn't that in that the the increased dollar supply is not it doesn't isn't enough to, to incentivize action at the individual level. I think that's what you're saying. And they're not feeling like their dollars are melting because they don't. Right. The dollars are all brand new. They just got them this week and they're going to be gone next week like, and they're going to get like, new dollars. I think I think what you're saying ha- shows itself when you have runs on things like when people are like you know what? I'm really smart. I just, I had the ability to do it. So I have, I have a thousand gallons of gas on my property. Yeah. Or like toilet paper. Yeah. Right. The other thing just to throw out there that Friedman said that I think you're probably going to have a reaction to (laughs) is that inflation is taxation without representation. I agree with that because there is, there's no one's passing a tax increase. Yeah. I agree with that. But the revenue generated on income, and and uh, point of sale purchases, the government just earns more money. Yeah, I agree with percentage. that. And, and that's the, that's a, a thought that's been banging around in the back of my head when you brought up the idea that circulation might be a bad thing. Circulation is very good for taxation. So, well, if it inflates, even if it doesn't, anytime money changes hands, the more circulation, the better. It's transaction fees. Taxes are transaction fees. So any kind of sales tax, any place where sales tax is a thing. They want right. more dollars changing hands. So right. it could so just the, be that right. the, the policy is that we want dollars to change hands as much as possible. And I was kind of That's like, right, I've never, you know, it's like if you're PayPal or your Stripe or your whatever, your your Shopify, right. and you're taking a percentage of each transaction, which the government is, then you're going to want the maximum number of transactions. So it could it could be that inflation is a way to incentivize at a macro level more transactions and yeah. therefore more transaction fees for the government and maybe aren't actually in the best interest of the the the, the, yeah. the commonwealth i'd be interested to see the difference between state policy and federal policy there cuz it's like it is a zero sum game at the state level and the, the feds don't have that same constraint. But like if your revenues are down, what do you mean? Cause like, the state can't print money. Well, right. Cause the, mm-hmm. we, like the state, like in Rhode Island, there's a twice year revenue estimating. Mm-hmm. And, and if you're re- like budgets are developed based on the revenue estimates. And so I, you know, it'd be interesting. Like if you had the mm-hmm. ability to create inflation to generate more revenue, I, I'm sure the state would look at it at the state level. So they must be doing it at the federal level. Right. Like, but it's weird though, too, because I don't know, like at the state level, if you don't have the money, you you can't spend it unless you go to the, the, um, unless you go to the citizens and ask for permission to take out debt. Or they just raise everybody's property taxes on the east side. (laughs) No, but that's, but that's what's right. But there's, there's a, that's transparent and done. Yeah. Whereas like at the federal level, I, I don't, I don't, I literally do not know what happens if they say, you know, this budget is projected to spend a billion dollars, but we're only going to be taking in 750 million this year. Like, I don't know if they blink about that. Like, I don't know what they do about that. Like, it's not clear to me, Milton Friedman, 
like if he was observing a room of policymakers that you, he would see somebody there going, you know what, inflation would be good because now we'll get a billion in revenue and we'll be able to spend. Or if they just like, I don't care, I'm just going to take out another 250 million in in loans from China or whatever. I, yeah. I, or I'm just going to add a zero to this field in a database. It's like, right. yeah, I mean, it's I, not like, I don't, it's not I like they're imagine. even printing it. It's like just a data. It's a number in a database. Well, this, this guy said that money is put out in, um, in the, it's like circulated through like treasury bills, mutual funds, travelers checks and, and dollar bills mm. that I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm fully. It's a mind blower. It's a mind point. blower. But I guess the, if I, my one big takeaway that I wanted to just talk to, to talk about coming back to this conversation was I, I'm not convinced that there is some, that there is a science. I'm not convinced no, that there's control and, but there is a body of knowledge that I would have to like pierce a little bit further to feel like I could just throw that kind of those assertions around. And not that those assertions matter, you know, mm. I, I guess I could be free to just be an idiot, but <laughs> I think there's probably enough, I think that this is just my gut instinct. There's a probably big enough body of knowledge to cause an avalanche, but not control the avalanche. So like, like I know oh, where to put the to bomb to cause the snow to, to come falling down, but I don't know if that will crush the village or if we'll like make for awesome, uh, an awesome ski season. So there, I, I do think there's some of that, that sort of asynchronous warfare kind of like for very, a very straightforward, doable action could produce outside outsized results. The predictability of the outcome is the thing that I doubt. Well, maybe then that's like what I would take from your your metaphor there is you if just again taking the Milton Friedman monetist monetarist or monetist approach, mm. we're going to pump a bunch of money into the economy through these stimulus bills, mm. or we're going to buy a bunch of debt mm. uh, from the private sector. Uh, which will put a bunch of money out through these various means, the consumer level and the private private markets. And we know that that is going to devalue the dollar uh, because we're increasing the money supply. We don't know where who the winners and losers are going to be. But we think but people will have more money to spend and they'll feel better because they'll have more money to spend. Yeah. And they'll vote for us. Right. <laughs> Right. I feel like that's what it boils down to. How do we make people feel better about us in an election year? Honestly, that makes way more sense to me than any of this other waving your I mean, hands at it's, bubbles. It's so crazy because when the stimulus was coming around, I was like, of course, we should be doing wealth redistribution through direct payments to people. Like, obviously, we should be doing that. And what I didn't consider at the time was that that may the long game may be that you screw those people 10 times what you've what you've given them through inflation and make sure my signature is on all those checks I'm not sending <laughs> any checks unless my signature's on them have you heard like his mouth like i can't see his mouth without like thinking of that thing in original dune yeah original dune yes yeah, yeah totally which i i don't know i like turns out that what I thought was David Lynch just being weirdly vaginal uh, was it's it's what a blowhole looks like on a on a whale. Did you have you ever seen that? Uh-uh. I've only gross. seen cartoon whales, like whales, I guess, because I thought it was a perfect circle, which makes no sense now that I say it as an adult. 
Yeah, it's almost like a, a septum on a human skull. At least with, with one That's that I gross. saw. And unless gross. maybe I've just been looking at all the wrong things. Yeah, maybe it had chlamydia. Oh, so, God. anyway, on that note. You've missed dinner. Yeah. You're in trouble. I am. So I better go. But all next right. time, abortion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to, I'll have one live on the next call. <laughs> my body, my choice. Oh, God. I look just on, I. <laughs> Listen to it. I know you got to go, but just to say, like, I listened to a radio show today briefly where people had just that completely forgone to the, the, the assumption that, like, it's just this, the Supreme Court is just political. Like, everybody's just like, like, I, I, it grosses me out. Like, I, I don't want to accept that. Like, can we, can we not accept that, please? Can we just please imagine that they're doctors and they're trying to do, like, or they're, they're trying to do legal analysis, please? Can we have that? Or does it have to completely break? I think it just maybe now just has to completely break. We've been we've been talking about it in such base, disgusting terms for so long that it just is that now. It's, there's conservative right. justices and there's liberal justices, and it's like, but on the other side of the fence, it was never supposed to be that. Like I know, I, Erica said, and now and now it is that, or or is it that? Are they? Because when I looked at Roe v. Wade, sorry, this is like, all right. Uh, yeah, here we this, go. Here we go. We're go. going to have to do it. We're going to have to do it like midweek call. That'd be great. I, I need another one. I need another one. Yeah. We missed one. So that's fair. All right. Cool. All right, man. All right, dude. Talk to you Take later. it easy. Bye.